Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Leadership Void Podcast. I'm Enrique with my co-host, Vince, to bring you the best in our veteran, military spouse, and first responder community. And Vince will introduce today's guest. Thanks, Enrique. Happy December, everyone. David Pedersen, he is the owner of an independent bookstore called Maze Books, an author and poet from Rockford, Illinois. David, welcome to the show. Let's start off. Tell us about you. Third generation Army. So uh, dad was in, grandpa was in. Um, I think, Vince, I, I initially met you through Dog Tag, went through that program, uh, kind of, uh, you know, to uh, suss out how I was going to run a business. Uh, served from the in the army 2001 2005 got out kind of didn't know what to do tried a different a bunch of different jobs took me 10 years to get my bachelor's in preclinical psych so I was kind of pursuing that degree uh, worked for the VA for the Mantino Veterans Home south of Chicago for a number of years and then decided I wanted something different after COVID um, so that kind of began the journey of May's books and myself always been interested in literature always uh, been writing since I was a uh, could and uh, so here we are a year and a half in and uh, pleasure to be here with you guys absolutely N nice to have you and nice to see your first service time be a legacy type of service not not that many people have continual service type of generations and so it's nice to hear that from you and thank your family for their service now owning a bookstores are usually not <laughs> military's people's uh, forte. So uh, tell us a little bit more about May's books. Well, I think we're all kind of searching for peace, right? And I think a lot of veterans out there are looking for something, you know, to that isn't hectic. Well, I mean, selling books is still hectic, but I thought it wasn't going to be. Um, my journey with May's books, I think, yeah, began, I'm, I'm working at the VA, COVID hits, right? in uh it was when was that february and my life completely changed it couldn't have been more stressful but you know you dig in you do what you can for the guys we you know it was a year and a half and i mean it was a constant struggle so i really needed something after all of that just to kind of decompress for my own mental well-being so my wife and i we were on vacation kind of just visiting family in rockford at this time we were living uh, in kankakee and I, we both kind of said at the same time, I want to move back. I'd want to move back and be closer to family. And Rockford is a weird place. Rockford is a hard place to grow up. It's uh, consistently on the list of most dangerous places in America. It's getting better. Uh, I grew up down there. So to me, it's like, well, I'm, you know, this is where I grew up. I don't know any different. But we looked around downtown. And we kind of said, well, what does this place need that every downtown has, that every city has? And that was a bookstore. And so some people would say, are you insane to open a bookstore in one of the most dangerous places in America, uh, two blocks down from, you know, supposedly the most dangerous area? Uh, and I said, no, because I believe in this. I believe in this community and I, I see that there's a future. I know that there's a future. And I think we we're kind of like on a new frontier. So we spent a lot of time. I, I The first thing I started doing was selling books out of my car believe it or not like i would post books on instagram people could buy them i would deliver them to their house and a lot of times they would say well i have these books do you want them like they just wanted to donate so i just kept doing that and i kept kind of collecting and stockpiling 
I went through the dog tag fellowship program from January to May, was in the first Chicago cohort, spent that time every day working. Uh, we eventually moved, opened the bookstore at our first location and, you know, had a lot of success with that. I mean, for an open for a starting business. But since then, in October, we moved, um, have a building now on the main strip, two blocks away from where we were at, closed on the building last week. And now here we are. Uh, and I'm very tired. <laughs> but uh, I don't even know how to explain what this last year and a half has been like. It feels like I've tried to shove about five years into the last year and a half, if that makes any sense. No, it makes sense indeed for us business owners. But <clears throat> David, you know, I just want to commend you and your wife for having that vision to bring back that that staple, that bookstore, which is much needed, even yeah. though it's in that part of town that so-called dangerous. But you know what you did was admirable and grandiose. So kudos to you uh, and your wife for bringing that, not just first location. Here you are, have expanded already to another location in October and feeling tired, but in a good way, right? Because your yeah. passion still is driven. So hearing that journey, what would you like to share with our audience about entrepreneurship challenges or lessons learned? Well, oh man, there's so many. I mean, there's just so many that, you know, when you first start out, you're like a baby, you know, the world is new, it's yours. And you listen to a lot of people and a lot of people say, listen, you have to dig deep and all this stuff. And yeah, you know, the spiritual side, the cognitive side, the, the, the push, the drive, that's all important. But when you get down to brass tacks and physical work, it's a lot different, right? Uh, the thing that I would say is that before you ever even get started, think about why you want to do this. What is it that you want? And can you get that just simply by changing your job, right? Because if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for a way to supplement some sort of life outside of work, then that is not what you're not, you should not be a business owner because your work should be your passion. That's what you should be interested in every day. That's what you're working towards. You're not working towards stuff outside of work or trying to pay for stuff out of work. That's what jobs are for. So that's the first thing I would say is like, Look inside and say, what is it that I'm, is it something I'm fighting or fleeing or trying to get away? Or is it something I want to build and be proud of, you know? And even if you get praise and you are proud, then what? What do you do then? You know, it's, it's, it's constantly changing. And it's not enough to just want money. Money is not enough. You know, you can make money at a job. You don't need to own your own business. Uh, the other thing I would say is, you know, this is, it's a hard market. If you're doing brick and uh, mortar, location is everything. Location is everything. I moved two blocks away, two blocks away. And in these two uh, months that we've, we've moved, we've already seen, you know, revenue up by like 74% just in moving two blocks away, right? So that's the thing. Do not settle. Do not rush into something. It's worth it to wait for the spot that you want rather than take something and try to build something on that. Because if people don't see you, they're not going to be able to buy your stuff. They're not going to be able to support your, your vision, your idea. Um, so those two things I, I found are incredibly important because you're going to get sick. You're going to want a day off. You're going to get burned out. You're going to be tired. 
and who's going to watch your store or who's going to run your business when you want a day off. I didn't think about that. <laughs> and I don't know why I didn't think about it, but it's like, man, I don't want to go in today. Well, you have to, you know, you can't, you can't just not go in. It's, it's your business. So that in location. And I mean, if you have a drive, there's so many other things involved with that, but those two things like really look inward and say, why, why do I want to do this? What is it that's, that's pushing me to say, I want to start my own business because if it's that you're working too hard at your job right now, that's the try times three, you know, if it's because you're not making enough money, well, that's no, you're not, you know, you're not going to make enough to start. If it's because you don't like your boss. Okay. That's fair. You want to be kind of, you want to control things the way they do, but guess what? Your successes are yours, but so are your failures, you know, and you can't blame it on anybody else. You know, you can't blame it on the customer. So. Yeah, those are great thoughts. And as business owners, I'm over here like, yep, 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 <laughs> yep. <laughs> because there's this fallacy behind entrepreneurship and being your own boss and having your own thing where people simply, as you put, did not think about, hey, when I want to take my day off, who do I call? And that's a simple thing, but it becomes a challenge when that day comes, right? And so thank you for sharing that because that was uh, spot on. Now, as a business owner now, moving into the right location, seeing that type of revenue generation in the plus, what's on the horizon now for Maze Books? Well, owning the, uh, owning the actual physical shop that was a benchmark for us that I'm so far away from where I are. So I thought we were going to be there like in five years. We've been a business like a year and a half. We opened June of last year. Now, I wasn't ready for this. I wasn't prepared. Um, on the horizon is we will become a part of this community. We are embedded it's already happening where when people are visiting from out of town, they say, where should I go? Well, go to the bookstore, go there, go there, right? Uh, we're in the press. Yesterday, we had a, they broadcast, uh, Channel 13 broadcast live from our store, right? At the same time that's happening, we're having a book club up in the loft area, right? These are things that you have to do. You have to become a part of your community if you're not interested in giving back and creating a space for people to come to, then you shouldn't have a business. So I'm looking forward to, you know, to, to changing things for a positive. We're doing a chess club next month. I'm excited about that. You know, we had a bunch of some young guys that didn't have anywhere else to go. It's like, well, you know, I'll give you a spot. Let's go. Uh, I'm looking forward to working with bringing authors in from out of town to do signings you know, to promote literature as an art form, to promote literacy. And you can have, it's kind of one of those weird cases where you can have that, you can be a, a activist in your community and a business owner. And to me, both are equally important. You know, I love where I'm from. I'll never forget where I'm from. Yeah, people say, you know, in the past that it's been dangerous. I don't see it that way. I see it as an opportunity. And it's it's not, I mean, what people call dangerous now back in the 90s psh, come on i mean because it was it was different and people don't understand that like in the 90s i would have agreed with with them you know you didn't just walk around by yourself now it's you know i mean you got all kinds of yuppies walking around we're fine 
We're fine indeed. And we're even better because of you are in the community. I want to just give you some accolades there, David, because what you're doing, I feel like it's a YMCA for literature and books, yeah. right? Literally, you bring in chess clubs, you bring in the kids, you bring in the youth and, and all groups of ages to this up to the storefront so they can either, you know, pick something memorable, important to them and and, and leave with that legacy that you that starts from you. So kudos man i, I love yeah. that channel 13 actually broadcast live yesterday from your from your location and we're going to share more about how to get a hold of you at the end but let's switch yeah. gears a little bit and talk about yeah bachelor's degree 10 years but you got it right so yeah. you can nobody could take that away what else do you do to sharpen your skill set to aid you to thrive in your professional life well i i think one of the great obviously social media anybody can say anything we're kind of living in a time where you don't know what's real. It's, it's strange. I don't know. I'm sure you guys have never met these guys, these types of people, but they just kind of lie about their accolades and they're there to give you advice. And they don't necessarily, it, it's a show, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of people that have a lot of advice that uh, don't necessarily have any kind of backing. Um, one of the great things I look at is uh, we're in different organizations. So we're in the Midwest Independent Booksellers Association, the American Booksellers Association, and the Great Lakes Booksellers Association. Now, when I got started, I didn't really know much about bookselling. I knew a little bit, but there's so much. I mean, there's so much to retail just in general. So what I did was I went to a meetup of Midwest Independent Booksellers in Des Moines and for three days, we workshopped, and I just listened to professionals. Before I even got started, you guys remember Justin Miller from Dog Tag in Chicago? He hooked me up with Nina Barrett at Bookends and Beginnings in Evanston, and she let me go with her. I, I followed her for a day to see what her life was like, to see what if it was even something I was interested in. So if you can find people, like obviously not in your own community because – they're not going to be as happy that you're opening something up, but, you know, adjacent to and, and shadow that person if they'll let you, because maybe you'll find out through the, through that shadowing, this isn't something you want to do, or maybe you find out little trips and ticks, uh, uh, trips and tips. She told me straight up, she said, always have five excuses to get away from a customer because they want to talk. If you're an engaging person, right? A lot of people, we don't connect face to face anymore. So when they have you as a captive audience behind that counter, some people are lonely, you know, and you've got a business to run. So always have something that you could be working on and be polite and be, you know, courteous and all these things. But if it's, you know, hitting the 10 minute mark, you know, you got to kind of scoot out and, and manage your business. So that was something that, that Nina told me that I, I wouldn't have prepared for. Um, Look for the experts and that have already doing it. Surround yourselves with those people. Don't be afraid. Uh, don't ever be afraid to ask for help. It's not a weakness, right? Your a weakness is failing without even trying to, you know, find anybody that, that that can give you those those tools that you may need. These entrepreneurial advices are gold, especially you know that one that you said, "Hey, go shadow someone." That if, if you're allowed, that is like pure gold because it will show you a in situ type of uh, performance of what it is that you're required to do. And so I love that. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Now, 
there's been advice that you've gotten the four years you were in through the army, the years that you were in industry for 10, you know, uh, there's advice that we all get and we say, man, that's gold. Let me keep that. I'm going to, I'm going to make something out of that. What advice did you receive that you would like to pass on to an emerging leader today? Sure. I remember the military told me one of the great pieces of advice. It says, when you are at a fork in the road and you have to make a decision, the hard right over the easy wrong. Do you guys remember this one? The harder of the decision to make is usually the right one. And man, has that served me well. You know, sometimes I want to take the easy route and I want to give myself less work. And I want to say, you know, today I'm just going to read something. You know, that's the, the big misconception with bookstores is that we sit around and read. I don't get to read anything. You know, I wish I could. <laughs> People ask me, what's this book like? Oh, man, I, I don't have time to read. <laughs> so. You know, I, I, I would say, look inward. You, your conscience will guide you. Sometimes, it, you know, you have some missteps, but you know what to do. You already know what the answer is. You're just trying to convince yourself, you know, how to make it easier on yourself. And in this business, in any entrepreneurship, it's hard. It's hard. Nobody's going to tell you exactly what to do. That was another thing I found out through Dog Tag. You had these monsters of industry, right? These titans that are coming from and talking to you. And I'm waiting for them to say, you know what? Here's how you're going to make money. They Nobody tells you that. Nobody gives you any sort of like, this is exactly the steps that you need to follow so this works. And I was like, so is everybody, this is kind of a revelation I had, was like, is everybody just out here guessing? And yes, to a degree they are. But, but what you're doing is you're guessing and then you're reacting in real time. You're trying something out. You're playing jazz and seeing if the, the audience likes it. And if they like it, you go a little bit deeper. And if they don't, you pull back. That's the only way it works. There's no do this step, then do this step, then do this step. It's all in real time. And it's very tough. But you have to pay attention. Yeah. So those are some, I would say those are probably some of the most re relevant things I've learned. My man, I really think you got a new thing coming with this podcast because <laughs> you, you you captivating. It's so true. You know, things you can't learn through books, right? Right. It's part two here with David because yeah. th there's some great lessons learned throughout everything you shared, but you experience it and having these revelations is so deep and profound. So love the fork in the road analogy, which we've definitely heard in the military, hard right versus the easy left, right? So definitely love all that. And new entrepreneurs or new uh, leaders, emerging leaders, hopefully they learn from this great, uh, great words of wisdom. Now, your most memorable leadership aha moment. Love to hear what that is and share with that our audience today as well. Yeah, I would say before, uh, you know, working uh, for myself, I worked for the state of Illinois, I worked for the VA, um, but I was also a union vice president. So I was uh, vice president for 2794, which is a state workers union with ASME. We had 700 members, right? And man, did I fail. I had a big failure where it doesn't seem like it's big, but it was big to me. We went down for a conference and they said, Dave, can you just say a couple words tomorrow at this, uh, this conference? You know, and I said, sure, you know, just about public service and the importance of unions. So 
I hadn't seen what the conference looked like. I get in there, there's thousands of people, there's a jumbotron, and I'm like, this is not going to go well. This is not going like, <laughs> I know me. So like I get up and it's my turn to do the mic, man. And I froze. I froze. Like the, imagine that sheer terror, right? One of the worst moments. And you know what you're saying? And when you have these moments, it's like, is this really happening? <laughs> you know, this is real. I'm not dreaming. This. this is happening right now. So I flopped really bad on my public speaking. So what did I do? I never forgot that moment. And as a leader, you have to be able to communicate. You have to, you have to have this sense of confidence. You know, it, you do, or else people are going to look at you like, eh, I don't know if they're really believing what they're saying. So I took a moment of failure, and I, it's always there. I'm always going to hold on to that embarrassment. You know, I'm always going to hold on to that moment of like just sheer pain and agony. But then I'm going to move on and for, and you know, I better myself as a public speaker. So I've, I've, I think that's a good lesson is that your failures um, in leadership are, are opportunities. If you're willing to change your behavior, if you're willing to say, well, I really need to dedicate more time to such and such and such. So I've been, I'm, I'm still working on it. I'm not perfect at public speaking. I've got a, a long way to go. It's, it's a very hard thing to do, but uh, that's, I would say that that's something that uh, I that definitely is a standout moment for me. Great moment to share. And I tell you, most of us that have gone on to a stage have had some type of freezing moment, but great one to capture and remember. And we're talking about challenges and changes. What are other strategies that you use with yourself or your team to deal with change and challenge? Well, I think you, you set expectations first, of course, that's like the, the easy answer. Uh, but I just, we just hired our first employee a few months ago. And so to, to try to, you know, you want to be the best boss you can. So you want to kind of give them as many tools as you can and, uh, pulling from like a customer service background for the government, obviously dealing with the general public is a, a lot of fun. So I learned a lot of stuff there. Um, but what people don't, what, what I remember telling Haley was that, you know, people want options, you know, if you can't, if the answer is no, which people have a very hard time with, give them an option. It's something I learned in public service. So if like, well, I don't have this book right now, but here's a place that you can order it. Or, you know, you may even want to send them at some point to your competitor just to keep them happy. Or I've had people come in and try to sell me books, right? And the answer is no, I don't want to buy your book right now. I don't, you know, that's always like, oh, I've got this rare 19, you know, 1880 Bible that's been in my family. First of all, you shouldn't be selling that to me. Like I, that has no, like, what are you doing? How hard up are you for money right now? Uh, you know, the second thing is, you know, I, I would, I would say, well, you can donate, you know, give them options of different ways to, to, to do things. Um, so give your, give your, as a leader, you want your, I don't want to use the word subordinates, but you, your team. You want to make sure that they're that they're prepared, that they're trained, and that they know how to navigate uh, issues with customers. You know, issues with the general public. Customers, absolutely. I, I this just the last two weeks, hate the word no, and so we're kind of hesitant to say it. But it's kind of this dance that we do. The answer is no. It's still going to be no, no matter how many times they ask the same question in different ways. Heard this all the time in the government. Well, what if I did this? Well, it's still the same thing. You're just asking the same question a different way, right? Um, so 
make sure that they're prepared. Do not hire anyone. I would say, uh, as a leader, if you if you if you're in this position, wage is important. Right now, it's more important than than it's been in I would say the last five years. Because look at the cost of everything. You can't get anything for for two dollars anymore. You can't get a sandwich. And it's not. Don't think about this in in you know what you're giving them, but think about what they're giving you. They're giving you their time. They're giving you you know time, their life right? Sometimes they're youth. And what are you giving them? You know? And so I am a proponent of a living wage. I said, I'm not hiring anybody until I can pay them a minimum wage. And I'm, or I'm sorry, a living wage above minimum. You know, that was something I, as a union guy, and as a guy that, you know, has, has struggled myself, I knew that, like, I had to work a little bit extra, a little bit harder to make sure that my people are taken care of. But that's my responsibility as a leader. You know, Dave, I, I, it's just phenomenal hearing your story, your journey. I'm just, you know, taken back by everything I'm hearing. Living wage versus minimum wage is so amazing. You know, what they can do for you, not really what we can do for them. You know, set those expectations, you know, give them options because it might always be no, but right. a different way to cook, you know, cut it. So this is great. Uh, we are looking forward to seeing May's books more than just in your area in the midwest we want to see it all over hopefully in florida as we know how that is right but that's that's going to be wonderful uh just to see you grow at leaps and bounds and have more employees and more locations and folks listening in to want to stop by your store or get a hold of you how they contact you you dave or maze books sure so we're at uh maze-books.com um, we're located at 406 East State Street on the main strip next to Rockford Art Deli and Woodfire Pizza. Um, we are, you can't miss us. It's a big purple building. <laughs> it stands out. It's got this kind of Victorian look. The building itself was built, they think, in 1862. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, uh, so that way, or you can just send me an email at maysbookshop at gmail.com or hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. If you have any questions, if you're thinking about opening an independent bookstore, if you want to kind of know the ins and outs of uh, you know some of the expectations, I'm, I'm you know hit me up and I'll I'll scare you off. So <laughs> or or encourage you, yeah, one way or the other. That is wonderful. <laughs> and folks, we're gonna have all that information as part of the show notes and video for you to get a hold of Dave and May's books. Uh, Dave has been wonderful. Uh, listening to you as we're going through these questions. And uh, I wish you all the best. Folks, if you want to get a hold of us at the Leadership Void podcast, the Leadership Void at gmail.com as well, you'll send that correspondence if you'd like to have a leadership topic featured or a guest featured, you'll do it by those means. Yeah, what a way to kick off December with Dave and May's books. We're just so excited for this episode to go out to the world and everything you have going on for you. Uh, and your bookstore. So thank you for being such a wonderful entrepreneur doing wonderful things. And we want to also thank our sponsors, VEI, Triple Nickel, and Fava for sponsoring our show. But today is all about Dave and May's books. Dave, yeah, have a great day. Have a fantastic future. And May's books will take it to the next level. I know you will.